G'day, I'm Ollie Laleve and welcome to GRDC In Conversation. This series is a GRDC investment that takes you behind the scenes as we sit down with some of the people shaping our grain industry, uncovering their journeys, learning more about their passions and the projects that are part of their everyday. We're covering Southern Australia's grain growing regions, chatting with researchers, advisors, growers, advocates, and just about everyone in between. As part of this series, we did tell you that we were sitting down with researchers, advisors, advocates, and everyone in between, and well, this bloke today wears a few hats. Mark Merritt is a sixth generation family farmer from Caniva in Western Victoria. His family run a mixed operation, including winter cropping and sheep. For Mark, it seems like there was never any doubt that he'd become a farmer. His mum recalls that his first word was tractor, and this love of farming is burning as bright as ever. Mark is a communicator. He regularly streams videos from the paddocks to thousands of people, wherever they are across Australia and around the world, via his YouTube channel, Merits Contracting, Australian Farm. It's his laid-back nature which invites his audience in to ask questions about grain farming in Victoria. He's an ABC Haywire finalist, rewarded for his work promoting agriculture, which saw him head to Canberra to meet influential people who are also working across rural and regional Australia. From his first job out picking paddy melons in the paddocks for his old man to establishing his own contracting business, Mark certainly isn't one to sit still and he just loves the southern grain industry. Mark, welcome to the GRDC podcast. Thanks for having me, Ollie. It's a pleasure to be on here. Mate, can you just share with us, whereabouts are you coming to us from? So I'm coming to, to everyone from uh, the bustling metropolitan of Caniva in Victoria, right near the South Australian border. So in the northern West Wimmera region, I guess you call it. Lovely. And how are things looking for you out there at the moment? Uh, they're looking up, really. We've had plenty of rain and we're actually stopped seeding at the moment because it's too wet. I've got to get a good break to do some spraying and, and then we can keep rolling, hopefully. Yeah, lovely. And can you tell us a little bit about the farm, what you guys are running out there and maybe a little bit of the history of what you guys are, how long you've been farming out there for? Yeah, so so we're farming, uh, we, we're a mixed farm, you would call us. We, we've got about 2,000 breeding ewes uh, growing first cross ewe lambs and um, and prime lambs as well. And then we, we've got about 2,000 acres of crop as well. So fairly small operation. It's just myself and my dad on the farm at the moment. Um, and yeah, like you said in the intro, sixth generation of merits to farm in the area um, and third generation on our current property. And um, yeah. And how's it going? Like how long have you been back working alongside your old man for? Uh, so I, I left school uh, at the end of year 11 and and came part-time on the farm and part-time on a neighbour's farm. And, and I think October, it will be eight years I've been out of school. So I was, I was only telling dad yesterday that eight years has gone a lot quicker than, than the eight years from year three to year 11. So. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> and was it always the obvious choice? You, you always wanted to be a farmer. It was just biding your time at school. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Had a few fewer uh, different interests, I guess. For a little while, I wanted to be a greenskeeper on a golf course. Uh, 
but that didn't eventuate. And pretty much mum reckoned from a young age, she, she didn't see me doing anything else other than farming. And do you spend any time on the golf course as a hobby? Is that where you got interested in grandscaping? Uh, I really like how neat golf courses are. I, <laughs> I, I'm not so much of a fan of the game of golf because I think it's quite frustrating sometimes. But uh, yes, I do like the neatness of a golf course. <laughs> oh, we'll just replicate it in the paddocks and you'll be right, Mark. Oh. <laughs> Double whammy. Control traffic farming is what I'm heading for, for the neatness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to know what your earliest memories in agriculture are. Like, what was it back as a kid that fascinated you about this industry and, and getting you ignited with that love of farming? Well, like growing up on the farm, I have a lot of memories of the farm. And um, you, like a lot of people say different things about, about people returning to farms, but mum reckons my first spoken word was tractor. As dad was driving down the driveway on the tractor, I was looking out the window and she, I, I'm one of five kids and I'm the second youngest. So it wasn't her just trying to romanticize it or anything. So um, I guess you could nearly say it's ingrained in me, but I don't know. I just, I love, I love the process of farming, how you can plant a, a seed that looks like a rock in the ground and then it magically grows and then it produces more seeds. It's just, it's just an incredible process, I think. And for you, the family farming sub, was it always big enough for you to be able to walk back in the door too? Or did you have to, you mentioned you'd worked on the neighbor's farms. Was there little steps that you needed to take to kind of incrementally move yourself into that family business? Uh, so yeah, the family farm was always big enough for, for me to come back. Uh, there was never any worries there. I guess the, the thought with working for a neighbor is I got out and I worked for someone that wasn't part of our family. I worked, well, I worked in their, their environment, how, saw how they liked to do things, how they operated, and, and I could really appreciate what Dad was doing with our farm when I got the opportunity to come home full-time. So, yeah, working on a family business has its challenges, but I am grateful that I did spend some time working away from that for a start. And what were some of the things that you've, taken from the neighbor and actually been able to bring back into the business but how's it helped you guys as with working with your old man uh so for me a big a big thing that i was able to take back and no no disrespect to the neighbor but he was he was a traditional type of fella um he he was doing things quite interesting ways i guess you'd say differently to what i'd seen on, on our farm. And when I was able to come back onto my family farm, I, I really appreciated the advancements that dad had made into new practices and, and efficiencies, I guess you'd say, which, which were lacking on the, on the other farm. So I guess just a, a real uh, thankfulness for, for how dad operates, I guess, is what I picked up mostly. And what have been some of those changes? You've been back in the family business for eight years now. So what are some of the practices? How have you guys approached it differently over the last kind of eight or so years? We've uh, made some some investments into ag technology, I guess. Um, we, we had a run of very dry years to start off uh, my, my time as a farmer, I guess you call it. Um, and then for the past six years, we've 
been blessed to have fantastic years. Um, so it is the game of farming, I guess. And in these real good years that we've had, it seems like you can't do anything wrong, which is probably difficult for some people to hear around the place who've had a, a tough run. But I can assure you that our land prices are definitely reflecting our good run of years that we've had. And has that allowed you guys to expand or are you kind of just um, just running, just sticking with what you guys have and, and just running it better, more efficiently, more productively? Yeah, so we're just, we're, being a small operation, we can't really justify spending the amounts on property that, that other people locally have been able to. Uh, so we've really, I guess the past few years, started focusing on trying to do better with the land that we have. We farm quite a bit of sandy soil. Um, think of the, the sand dunes before you get to the beach, the same, the same plants that grow on there, grow on our farm out north in the sand. So we've been able to, to get stuck into some clay spreading to, to make the sand hold more, more moisture and, and make it more, more productive and more farmable. For you, you're obviously, I think we, we'll get to the YouTube piece in a bit, but you, you're quite into your technology. You mentioned you guys have brought in a, a number of different tech pieces into, into your business. Is that something that you're constantly looking at and really passionate about bringing into your operation? Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm very passionate about it. I guess I have spent some time, as you said, contracting on some pretty big operations that just don't have any time to to do anything apart from concentrate on seeding or anything like that. And I guess that's a, a blessing of being a small family run operation. We, we're blessed with time, extra time, even though it may not seem like it sometimes. So I, I would like to take our farm from one end of the technology scale being having no technology or very limited technology to right the other end of trialing new stuff because like I said we do have the time to be able to to refine it and work through any issues and stuff like that so yes I'm very passionate about technology and are there some hurdles that you guys are hitting or seeing that are kind of really obvious but also quite frustrating when it comes to being able to implement tech connection (laughs) I think I think most farmers would agree um unstable phone connection uh mobile coverage is probably one of the biggest hurdles uh probably another hurdle that we face on our operation is just the economies of scale uh investments in technology is hard to justify and especially when you're on a a small scale like we are so just just being able to convince uh mum does the books that (laughs) Worthwhile investment is uh, quite challenging sometimes. And you mentioned that you you do a little bit of contracting and you get the chance to look over the fence that and inside the fence of other people's businesses. So what what kind of contracting are you doing through what we know as merit contracting? Yeah, so so I as soon as I left school, I I started doing some figures and I ended up buying an offset disc to hire out to my dad on our farm and to other farmers around around the area. And that was just the start of merit contracting, I guess. It, it was a pretty slow start. Anyone who hires out machinery knows that you're not there running it 
but you're not making a lot of money out of it either. Um, but anyway, through some succession planning, I was able to buy 200 acres from, from my parents. And then from that, I was able to purchase a Miller nitro sprayer, which I bought a windrail front for. And that's probably our main contracting uh, avenue, I guess, is, is the windrowing and spraying at the same time with the nitro. So we only have a few clients around the area, but they're fairly big, big people, big croppers, I guess. And um, yeah, it's, it is really interesting to, to go to other people's places and, and just see the operation that they're running. We've got fairly small paddocks. So it's always nice to go into someone's, someone else's very big paddock. <laughs> Makes bad. me jealous, I, I guess you'd say. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but it is interesting to see people's other people's opinions on on how chemicals should be used or or weed control. I guess um, it's interesting to go to to people's places that that might not have as many sheep and they're not interested in sheep feed. I guess you'd say that's that's probably one of our biggest issues in controlling weeds is the fact that some of the weeds are good for the sheep to eat. And yeah, it makes it decision-making between my dad and myself. It makes it hard with what to apply when. Yeah. The endless juggle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Depending on the season and depending on what things are looking like, I'm sure yeah, you have a few interesting conversations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's challenging. Yeah. <laughs> I'm interested to jump into the YouTube piece because this is, uh, I'd say it's the piece where people inside the industry have probably really got to know you and, and those who haven't come across your YouTube channel, it's something really cool to go and check out. But this, the idea of jumping on YouTube and, and, and I see such an opportunity as an industry for how we communicate to consumers and the broader community, what's happening inside the farm gate and, and across the supply chain. So where, where did this idea come from to start this YouTube channel and, and start sharing these videos of what you're up to in your everyday? Yeah, well, I, I guess we'll just backpedal a bit uh, back to the start of Merit Contracting. As I said before, I was, I was young and keen and trying to make this new business that I'd started work. So I turned to social media, being Instagram and Facebook, as a way of what I thought was advertising for my business. And yeah, I, I put out all these nice looking photos and didn't get any work. But in that process, I managed to, to get a bit of a following, I guess, of, of people from cities, people from farms. They, they just wanted to see what was happening, I guess, is the best, best way of saying it. And that's really where the YouTube channel was born. I, I already had my platform of Instagram and Facebook. And I'd seen these people in America doing videos of their day-to-day -day life on the farm, which I found quite interesting showing how they, they plant corn and they plant soybeans and, and just the different, like they're growing crops over the summer and we're growing them over the winter down here. So it's, it was just two very big differences, I guess you'd say. Um, so that really interested me. But then when I thought, oh, I'd, I'd like to see some Australian farms because this corn and soybean farming doesn't really apply to me 
I, I started looking for some Australians doing it and, and really there was no one who'd done it consistently. Um, so yeah, I told my wife, oh, there's no Australians doing it. And she said, have a go. So I did. She bought me a GoPro for my birthday and I started making a few videos. And then in um, 2020, when all the panic buying was happening and people were worried their food was going to run out and also with the lockdowns and a bit more time on my hands I, I really started to get into it and started making videos more consistently I guess you say and yeah the rest is history it's just uh, rolled on kept snowballing kept getting bigger I, I had the privilege of being part of an ABC program the ABC Trailblazers program which is about young people in regional areas doing things differently to make a good difference, I guess you say. And yeah, that, that gave me a lot of exposure. And I gained in the space of 24 hours, I gained, I think it might've been 1500 subscribers or something like that. And then a couple of TV opportunities out of that, out of that ABC opportunity. And yeah, it's just, continued to grow from there it really blows me away that that people people are that interested in in what we're doing on the farm but I just I just really think back to when I was a kid when I was real keen on farming there was really no shows to watch on tv about farming and I just think how much I would have liked it when I was little and not yeah that keeps me me motivated I guess there's a fair bit there to unpack. I want to start by jump, jumping into the ABC Trailblazer piece because you said there were people from all over Australia, all over regional Australia working on different passion projects for kind of the betterment of regional Australia. So what, who were some of, without like naming names, but what kind of backgrounds did the other people have and, and what was it like to be part of that group? Oh, it was a very, very diverse group and and I was really the only the only agriculture-based project, I guess you call it. There was there was another one that was about agriculture research, I guess, which was pretty cool to find out the the information that she knew, which was yeah, cool. But then there was there was some some First Nation projects, and there was there was also some some projects around alcohol and and disability. So it was it was a very very diverse group of people, but it was it was cool to to unite on a on a, a home base of we're all in regional areas and we're making our what we're doing better and, and this idea for you to jump in front of the camera not even just behind but in front of the camera and start talking about what it is you're doing how, how did that go what were, what were the early days like of putting yourself out there to the internet and the world yeah, well, the early days were were interesting. <laughs> um, so if you go back on my YouTube channel, the very first vlog type video that I do, so video log, uh, it's it's all filmed on my phone. I I change from filming in portrait to filming in landscape multiple times throughout the video. The editing is very very patchy very yeah not not up to my standard I guess you say um so 
yes, it's very easy to see the learning curve that I was on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it it's kind of something that I was never afraid of, I guess you say. It, it is quite confronting filming yourself and then editing yourself and, and listening to your own voice for an hour or so. <laughs> it's quite... Uh, I don't know the word to describe it, but it's it's not something that I've still gotten used to. Anxiety-inducing, uh, yeah. I reckon. Uh, I'm the same when I'm when I'm editing these podcasts. I always like when it comes to my voice, I'm like skip, 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 skip. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it's it's something that that I can see the value in in what people can find out of my videos. I guess so. So it's something that I'm I'm happy to to continue to do. And for you, like we've seen these vlogs, video logs being used across everything from mums sharing about raising kids to yeah people building really successful careers was this just the easy easiest way or an easiest form of you sharing your message around what you guys are doing on your farm um, rather than writing blogs or sharing photos or whatever else it might have been yeah, I guess so. I'm I'm quite a visual person. I I, I learn a lot by seeing things. Uh, so that for me means that I need to per- portray things visually. Uh, and right now I'm talking with my hands, but you can't see that. <laughs> um, yeah, with with sharing more about your farm, and obviously there's the livestock component, but on the grains front, is is there certain pieces which people are really interested in or or things which they're really curious about and asking questions when it comes to your videos of of grain farming yeah yeah there's a lot of people ask a lot of different questions I've, i've i have been asked this a few times but thinking about it there's not really a common question that people ask I guess subconsciously when people ask a few questions, I, I try and answer them in my videos and and generally I try and do as good of a job explaining what I'm doing in the videos that I make so that people don't have to ask questions. But yeah, like people from all different walks of life asking all different sorts of questions, it, it's, it's probably one of my most favourite parts of it is answering the questions that people have because it's really building up their knowledge base on agriculture and farming. And when their knowledge base is better, the people around them, their knowledge base will be better from learning from that person. And what's on the horizon for you on this YouTube side? If you could do anything with your YouTube work, what would you want it to look like? Well, I I really don't know, Ollie. I've got no idea. I, like I said before, I'm amazed so many people watch it. It's already grown. Before the ABC thing came along, it had grown over my expectations. It was it far exceeded them. So it's just continually amazing me where it's leading me. But but as far as the future, I, I really am interested in technology and, and trialing trialing new technologies and projecting them through my through my channel is something that I'm really really interested in because it's it's like a, a good way of of advertising for businesses I guess but it's it's also a good way of of showing other farmers that when we make we we all make mistakes and it's okay and we're all human and and 
no one's perfect. So, yeah, I, I think as far as what's ahead, the sky's the limit. Uh, as, as long as people keep watching, I'll keep making, and we'll see where it ends up. I might see Mark Merritt's product reviews and getting the latest pieces of equipment and technology and whatever else out there, and you can give us a, an honest review. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I'm I'm open to anything. I'm a bit of a yes man, so if you <laughs> ask me, I'll I'll probably say yes. Oh, we'll watch this space. We'll see who comes and, and reaches out to you after this, Mark. <laughs> yep. Always open door here, mate. We've got five quick questions to finish up on. I'll be. I'm interested. We're asking all guests the same five, and it's pretty interesting actually what people are coming back with. So, kicking off, what's your favourite grain-based dish? Oh, grain-based dish. That's a tough one. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go homemade bread. Love Is it. Is that a dish? Yep, yep. Homemade bread in the oven. Yep. Who would be three people you'd invite around to enjoy your homemade bread with? I'd probably invite our agronomist. I'd probably invite Johnny Dyer because he's just a wealth of information. And I'd probably invite oh, my wife good answer i reckon <laughs> what was your first job mark formal or informal because i did a lot of picking patty melons for dad when i was still <laughs> at school <laughs> but probably probably my first job was working for my neighbor yep what's a question you'd like us to ask one of the other guests on this GRDC podcast it could be anything if someone who had no experience with farming came up to you and asked, what is a farm and what does it do? What would you reply? The last one, what's something you've got on your bucket list, Mark? Well, probably, probably on my bucket list, the biggest thing would be to, to give my kids the opportunity to go farming, to pass the, the family farm along to them. It's incredible. One more while I'm asking you questions, this isn't an off-the-cuff answer type thing as well, but I think it'll be really easy for you to answer, Mark. We'll see. Why are you so passionate about farming? Oh, there's plenty of reasons, I guess. I, like I said, the process of it just gets me excited. I'm a fairly passionate person in general. Anything I do, I'm, I'm quite passionate about it. I sink my whole, whole thinking and everything into it. Uh, but but yeah, I just I just really enjoy it is probably the 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 bottom line. I enjoy the lifestyle, I enjoy the work, I enjoy the process, I enjoy the money it brings me. <laughs> um, and I recently I just really enjoy the people, the people I've been able to meet and the opportunities that it has given me. Awesome. Well, Mark, thank you so much for taking the time and sitting down with us as part of this GRDC Southern Grains series. It's been awesome to get your perspective of from not just your family, sixth generation family farmer, your contracting business, but also too about how you're going about communicating what's happening inside the farm gate and sharing that with your audiences all over, wherever they are. So thank you for sitting down for a chat. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Ollie. It's been great. Thanks for joining us for the GRDC In Conversation podcast. This series is a GRDC investment that's sharing the stories of the people who are living and breathing the Aussie grains industry. Make sure you check out some of our other conversations and hit follow on your favourite podcast app to never miss an episode.